Hi friends, you're listening to Collaboration Code Radio, where we bring together the tech and coding community in San Diego. My name is Chelsea Kaufman, and I'm your host, the CEO of Learn Academy. And today I have with me our guest, Gina Verastro. Hi, thanks for having me, Chelsea. Thanks for joining us. I'm really excited to have you today. I feel like I've been uh, a fan of yours for some time, but like we met uh, doing some work with Girls in Tech. Yes. Uh, you were doing work with volunteering with Girls in Tech, and I came in uh, and started getting more involved. Um, and then I got to watch you kind of make this journey through the coding boot camp and kind of finally into a, a job. Yeah, so I don't actually know if you remember this, but my first Girls in Tech event was December two years ago, so December 2017. Oh, okay. And you were there, and Lisa introduced us and said, oh, Chelsea has Learn Academy. I know you're trying to learn to code. And we talked about it a little bit, and I just thought, that sounds really scary and like a lot. Like, I'm, I'm not ready for that. I can never do that. And then I did that. So there you were. <laughs> you could do it. It probably was still scary, though. At, at points. At first, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. Well, great. Well, I am really excited to kind of talk about, learn a little bit more about, about your background and what you were doing before Girls in Tech, um, but just how life right now? Life is awesome right now. Yeah. Yeah. I still kind of can't believe I graduated, to be honest. It's yeah. And you graduated four, it was four months ago In July. July. Yeah. Okay. That's about right. Um, Cool. And you're about to start a brand new job. Yes, I am. Technical support engineer. I still can't believe it has engineer in the title. That's crazy. <laughs> well, congratulations. We're Thank really you. proud of you. Um, cool. Well, let's uh, go back a little bit um, and start from the beginning. Uh, where would you say home is? Home is so many different places, honestly. <laughs> where all the people I love are. So home is San Diego and Palm Springs and Ventura and Philadelphia and Spain. <laughs> oh, Spain? I don't think I knew that one. Uh, my boyfriend's family lives over there. <laughs> oh, that's a good place. So you, you have places to go visit. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> cool. Well, okay, so where did you grow up? In Ojai, so just a few hours north of here. Okay, all right. And then tell me a little bit about your, like, college path or high school path? What were you passionate about? Were you excited about? Not excited about? <laughs> so I was always an English person from high school through college mm -hmm. and I was never really, um, I was bad at math and bad at science so I never really considered tech as an option and I got my degree in English and communications in college and I thought I was going to be a college English professor so I went and did my master's and doing that, I kind of figured out, oh, it's not just teaching, it's you also have to publish and it's really competitive and a little bit adversarial and maybe that's not what I want to do. So then I was a little bit without a path for a while and I was working at an online school and I started learning some coding just so I could help our students a little better. Mm -hmm. And through that process, I realized that there were a lot of things about tech that really did suit me, like the problem-solving aspects and just the logical progression of of working through code and things like that. And it really is like a, a language, just like English. And kind of through that experience, I found my way into the tech realm. Yeah. I think that we, we've noticed that a lot. I know Matt, who's our lead instructor, his degree's in English. But I think that understanding the, the construct, the how language works, Right, yeah. Helps in, in making that transition. I think it has. Yeah. yeah. What else? <laughs> so when you were learning, so in your early college years, like what were the things that you were working on then that you think now has kind of helped shape where you are now? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say in college, I wrote a lot for fun as well as for classes. And I did a technical writing class my, I think, senior year. And it was just one of those things that sounded fun. And I never thought I would do much with it because I was really more into the creative writing at the time. Um, but the first exercise we did was that one where you have to write the instructions for making a peanut butter sandwich. And everyone, you know, does theirs. And then someone works through it and purposely does something silly to, to make it wrong and show you that you didn't do 
every tiny detail. And so for our groups, I really was trying to think ahead and be really thorough. And um, so when we presented ours, there were things in there like pick up the knife by the handle. (laughs) (laughs) I made sure that no one could go awry in any way. And they actually made a decent PB&J for my directions. So that's when I think I started feeling like there was something more going on there. Yeah, that it was creative writing and and that path. There's a logic to it that you seems to what you were discovering at that point. Yes, that there is a process behind creativity. Right. Absolutely. And I don't think I don't think it's something that we talk about a lot. That the the process, uh, and I I've talked about a little bit of my background in on the podcast about uh, coming from the arts, mm-hmm. and that the creative process in how you create something has actually helped me a lot as I've moved into technology. Is that something that you you have found similar? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the time when we think of creativity, we think of artists and like painters and people who um, have a really free-flowing kind of process. And I've always felt kind of strange because I'm creative but not artistic and I'm very type A organized, linear. And so I felt like when I first started doing code, it really blew my mind that I could unite those two things in that discipline and create something really cool. I love what you just said about um, that you are, you may have to repeat it for me, that you're creative but not artistic. Right. I, I've never really thought about it that, that way, but I feel like I have, I have also like felt that same way. They're all <laughs> like being in the arts world, you're around all these very creative people that just it, art just comes out of their hands. Oh yeah. Right? <laughs> and you're around, you're like, how did that even happen? But there's also this other part of it that discovering how to create pieces. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love is watching now people learning how to code and being a part of this other craft and understanding the artistic process within that craft is really exciting to me. Right. Absolutely. And so I, I'm interested to kind of hear a little bit more about how you have merged those two things as we kind of go through your, you know, your journey here. Um, you've done a lot of writing. Uh, you were a, a working on a blog for yes. a while in your early career. Is that right? Or during college? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I've started and stopped blogs throughout my life. Sure. Um, and I realized that part of it was I didn't like the templates. It never felt like it was fully mine. And so the, at one when you say templates, do you mean the like the physical, like doing a WordPress or something like that? Yeah. Like when you go in and you select a template on Blogger or WordPress and it looks, I mean, you can customize the colors and everything, but it never quite felt mine enough. And maybe it's the control freak in me, but I, if I was going to have a blog, I wanted every piece of it to be something I had created. And so when I started coding, that was kind of the one goal I had and how I framed each lesson that I looked for. So, okay, how do I make like a picture at the top? Because I want to have a picture at the top. Okay, now how do I lay it out so that I can have a border around this and subheadings? And so really I was going through the steps everyone goes through, learn the HTML, the CSS, but I sort of had a very specific project I was working toward in mind. And I think that helped me in the beginning not to get overwhelmed. Sure. There's so many options Yeah, out there. That, that makes sense to me. So when you, in Pennsylvania, you worked on a, a booze blog? Yes. Is, is that, and, and it was something, there were friends that were doing this together and you came in. Yeah. So my friend started it and she knew that I liked photography. So she asked if I would do their event photos and product photography. So I just thought that would be really fun to kind of do on the side. Yeah. And I didn't do, I didn't even think to do any coding, like learn that at that time. But then I was also writing for them. And yeah, now that you mention it, I see how that fits into the whole <laughs> progression. Of the, and now just thinking about the journey as a cohesive thing. <laughs> That's why we're here, Jordan, to help you through your journey. <laughs> Work the light through. bulb. <laughs> uh, that's cool. So. Okay, so you're telling stories 
through language and you're telling stories through photos. Yes. Uh, in, in this early kind of part of your career. Tell me about what does storytelling mean to you? So to me, it's all about connection because when I think of storytelling, I think of getting together with my friends and recounting stories from our childhood essentially or school. And then um, when I'm camping with my niece and nephew, their favorite thing is to sit around the fire and tell stories and they'll go back and forth, tell a story about me and Gina, no, tell a story about me next. And it just like, it's amazing to me that they have those stories and now they tell them or they'll say, Angina, tell the one about how um, I wouldn't stop crying if you sat down. So you had to keep walking and doing laps around the house with me. Like they know these stories and they're part of our, our collective history. And I think it's just really neat. And I love being able to tell stories with people and live stories with them and know that we're gonna look back on this and it's gonna be part of our shared history. That's amazing. Do you, do you see a connection between that kind of storytelling that you were doing then and what you're doing now? Definitely. Um, so now I do a little bit of blogging, codecopycoffee.com, <laughs> shameless plug. Um, but I like to write about my coding experience because I think it's something a lot of people obviously go through. They're teaching themselves and then they find maybe a more a boot camp or a cohesive structure and then they struggle and then they have breakthroughs. And I think it's a very common story, but not a lot of people talk about it because they're looking ahead and thinking, okay, if I talk about how much I struggled, maybe employers won't want to hire me. But I think it's important for people to see that everybody struggles at different points. And I've gotten connected with so many developers and people on Twitter, for example, just who connected with the story. And they're like, oh, I picked out similar pieces that applied to me. And I feel like I'm not alone. And that's really cool. That's amazing to be able to share. And and something that I remember early on, uh, I don't, I think it was April that was like, you need to read what <laughs> Um, Gina is is writing about because it was so it felt so familiar to me uh, mm -hmm. listening to the students uh, stories and and over the years what they've been going through and you so eloquently like put it in into this new medium you know using Instagram and and all those different things but being able to share your your journey was really impressive to me Thank and you. how eloquent you were um, to, so let's kind of go back a little bit. So you were in Pennsylvania getting your degrees? Yes. Okay. So what brought you back out? What brought you to San Diego? Um, it was actually my partner, David. Okay. He, uh, he was living in England. Our dads were best friends in college and then his parents got divorced. He moved to England, but we stayed friends and saw each other over the summer and things like that. And while I was in my master's program and everything, his dad, um, who had cancer, asked him to move to California and take over his career and his business. And David felt some trepidation about that because it's a whole new country, he doesn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. And so I told him, if you come back and do that, I will move back to California and help you. Um, and so, as it turned out, he came and took over his dad's business and came and collected me and we drove across country. <laughs> um, and then when business brought him down here, I came with him. I, I love that your story just continues to show your care of people. That oh, I feel like that you. that's something that you want, it, you want in your storytelling, want to connect with people, you want to help people through these journeys. And so I think uh, what a lovely thing to like kind of start that out with with this journey of wanting to help uh, your partner and in, in this new endeavor and this new scary thing that you're like, <laughs> if you do it, I'll be by your side. And I think that that time and time again, you've proven that you are that kind of person that would like always just be right there when somebody needs you. I'm for sure the mom friend, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I get that. Uh, okay, so you are so you guys came to San Diego. He's working in this job. What, where, what were you doing? So I found a job as a project manager at a company that did mostly web development. Cool. 
And um, as part of my interview package, we had to film a little video saying um, things that we were interested in, and I mentioned I was learning the code. And it was a really small company, there were five of us, and so they, um, my boss had said, there's room for me to learn from our senior developer and help out in that aspect of projects too. So I kind of <laughs> wormed my way over to the development side while being yeah. a project manager. Great, and I think that, that that's so, you're managing, were you managing developers? Yeah, there was a developer, a graphic designer, and an SEO uh, marketing director. Great, so you before you went there, you started learning on your own uh, back in college or around that time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and what, what, what was it that kind of made that shift of, you know, you were doing mostly like writing, photography, and that thing. And then what was the thing that made you go, oh, coding, here's this other <laughs> thing I want to learn? So it kind of actually took me a while to really commit to the coding. Mm -hmm. I So I was at Shovel Creative and being a project manager, doing a little bit of coding, but it still just seemed um, so overwhelming. Like I still just wanted to build my own blog. I had a pretty modest goal in mind, but I saw the way our developer, Steve, who's been an amazing mentor, um, and he's amazing, but I saw, I saw him just writing CSS without refreshing to see what it looked like every time that he wrote something. And I was like, how are you doing that? I could never do that. I'll always have to see it. I'll ne you know, I can never just write it and know what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And he said, you totally will. It's just going to take time and practice, but you'll get there. And so his encouragement was a big factor in thinking, okay, maybe I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then I joined Girls in Tech sort of as a way to surround myself with more people in that realm and yeah. see, hear about other people's journeys. And I think representation is super important because the more you hear about other people who have made it work, the more you start to think, well, if they can, maybe I can too. And so coming to learn was that moment for me when it was like, okay, you need to decide if you're really gonna commit and possibly crash and burn at this, or if you're gonna see it through and try. And I think I thought about when I thought I wanted to be a college professor and I went all the way to grad school and then it didn't, it wasn't for me. And so I was a little hesitant to really commit to another dream. Sure. But thanks to you being so encouraging and. <laughs> really telling me I could do it and all the girls in tech having my back and of course my partner being incredibly supportive and my biggest cheerleader I was able to take that leap yeah I wonder though if looking back on when you made the decision that you didn't want to be a professor would you have been able to make that decision without of going through that process no I guess not <laughs> and so I think that sometimes we have to take that really hard step and take that jump because otherwise we're just going to stand on the edge going well maybe I would do it maybe I wouldn't do it I don't, I don't know you know and so that's like, so true yeah exactly you, you have you have to take that leap and I think that you made some really smart decisions early on in finding mentor mm -hmm. uh, or even just stumbling on it um, although I don't know if that's actually true but I think that Finding a mentor early on, getting connected in the community, the volunteering with uh, Girls in Tech mm -hmm. uh, was a great step to like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a couple of steps this way. And I think you can give me as much credit as you want, but like you were so far down that path by the time you and I met that I was like, why aren't you doing this? <laughs> like, I know you're almost there. You were so close. And so I just, you know, just, you know, gave, gave me a little... Push. I needed that. I was on the, the lip. I was on the precipice <laughs> and I could have backed up or I could have jumped off and you you gave me the nudge I needed. And that was really huge. Well, I think that I, so I want to kind of go back and talk a little bit more about Girls in Tech because okay. we're both uh, yeah. pretty passionate about <laughs> that. Um, and, and we'll go back into this, you know, part of the journey, but um, you some of the stuff you were doing with them is, is going back to a lot of that like content creation uh, that creativity part um, and I just I love how many times you have been able to take 
technology and your creative side and kind of merged them together. Um, so tell me about those early days of Girls in Tech. Like what was, you, you shared a little bit about your first event, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> tell me about like, what were the decisions of going and deciding to get more involved or like what was it about that community that was uh, exciting to you? Sure, so um, I was at the time, still in a little bit, but getting better, really shy. And going to an event by myself where I didn't know anyone was very out of my comfort zone. And at that first event, I thought, I'm gonna push myself and talk to people. So I went up to these two girls and I introduced myself and I was talking to them and then they were like, oh, um, we should just let you know, like we're from LA and we're not really looking to make friends down here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, okay, um, see ya. And then I went and hovered in the corner and was like, okay, that, that sucked. Um, and then Rajni, who's in Girls in Tech, uh, saw me standing in the corner and came over and grabbed me and dragged me over to her group and pulled me in and Lisa was over there talking to her and I just thought, you know, maybe those other girls aren't for me, but that doesn't mean that everyone at this event is going to be that way. And there are some really wonderful people here and those are the people I just need to find. And so it really, working with Girls in Tech brought me out of my shell and I knew that I wanted to be that person for someone someday who pulls them in when they're feeling like an outsider. And so I just wanted to volunteer, join the exec board, contribute with whatever skills I could. And since writing is one of my main ones, <laughs> that's what I've ended up with, which is really cool. So far, now that you're so an engineer, like we're gonna true. give you all sorts of things to do. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. I think one of the things we talk about at learn when it comes to networking and and going to those events that I don't know a lot I mean sure there are people out there that love networking and they can <laughs> go to all the events they want to I am not one of those people the networking it's hard and awkward and you don't know what to say to people yes <laughs> but what you're that story you just told I think is such a common story except that I think a lot of people would have gone home Right, that like, that it, yeah. <laughs> whoever those ladies were, they were not very nice. <laughs> I mean, I get it. They're not from around here. They don't. They probably just came for the free food or sure. And who hasn't been there? <laughs> right, from right. time to time. And I appreciate their honesty. Honestly, I you know better that they didn't waste my time talking to me when they didn't. They weren't into it and yeah. let me find my people. Yeah. Well, and I think that that trusting that and like being there and saying, okay, to me, what I what I try and tell students, especially ones that are a, a little more introverted or that you know networking, going to those events is hard. Yeah, uh, and that I, I sh- share that like I am much more interested in like the one on one conversation. Like, give oh, me yeah. a coffee shop date any day. <laughs> Uh, to those like hundred person networky things and it anyway but the things there are valuable things that can come out of that and I think that that was your experience is such a good example of right. that and I think one of the easy hurdles that you can uh, overcome quickly is by celebrating those early wins and those easy wins right like for you, go to that first event and just show up. Yeah. Right? Like, that's all you got to do. <laughs> just exactly. show up. Be present. Yep. Just be there. Even if you hang out in the corner, even if you show up and, like, you have a cracker and you're like, ah, uh, this is not, I can't do this right now. And then you go home. You still get to celebrate that. Right? Like, yeah, that is still 100%. a win. <laughs> and so I think that for what is great to hear, and I am you know, excited to learn more about your journey of, because I've seen you at events now and you're not the person that like sits in the corner. You are becoming the person that helps to bring in um, the people that need a little extra push. And I think that finding those little wins early on is really important and celebrating it. A hundred percent. And I'd love to share something I actually just discovered recently about networking events. And that is that you can have the conversation that you want to have. Um, a lot of the time people, of course, open with, what do you do? And as someone who wasn't in tech but wanted to be, that was always kind of a tough question to answer. Um, and also at that first networking event, I had a woman ask me that, 
And when I said project manager, she said, oh, I've met so many of you tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so I, at the last networking event I was at, instead of saying, well, I'm doing this, but I kind of want to do this, I just said, right now I'm working on a personal project. Let me tell you about it. And you can control that conversation, especially if someone says, what do you do? You don't have to tell them what you do for a living. You can tell them what you do for fun. You can ask them how they got into their job or how they found this event, what they like about what they do. And it works out, at least the few times I've done it, it's worked out so much better because you start talking about what you're passionate about and you're genuinely excited. And then they get excited about something. And when it's, it's like another level of energy. Agreed. Yeah, I think that, that that's great advice. I love the uh, asking of questions. You, you will find that people like to talk about themselves. Yes. And so <laughs> if you can get those, like, just have a bunch of questions in your back pocket that, like, if you're feeling like, oh, I don't I don't know what to say. They don't want to hear about me. Like, just ask them questions and then finding those connections. Yeah, absolutely. Like, find those nuggets of, like, oh, no, I'm interested in that, too. And that, that just helps spark that conversation. But I do think that that, for a lot of students, students and people looking for work or anything that like the question of what do you do is so hard yeah and I love how you've like shifted that focus um cool so you you then got more and more involved in girls in tech yes (laughs) um can you tell uh you know we've we've talked a lot about girls in tech in here before but tell us a little bit about your experience on your passion for what they're doing yeah so they're of course big on education and big on empowering women by connecting them and showing them that there is a a community here there are more of you and representation and visibility and i think that that's really important because um like there was i just read a story about a woman who gave a presentation at nasa in a glittery dress because little girls had said, we want to see a sparkly scientist. And I think a lot of what Girls in Tech does is understand what their audience, what the women in their community want to see and what would make them feel empowered and then delivers that. So whether it's um, like a resume workshop and where they sit one-on-one and really hash out how can I present myself in the best possible light because I'm interviewing right now, or whether it's a networking event that's also more casual and fun just to get to know other women in your community, not even necessarily in your exact line of work, but just different perspectives and feel like you're not alone. You You have your people, you have someone to go to who maybe understands the struggle if you're struggling with something, you know? Right. I love that you just brought in the idea of connection again. <laughs> that that seems to be such a thread through your journey. I'm getting predictable. <laughs> you're not predictable, but I think that um, we all have, you know, our core values, and I think that mm. that is probably one of yours is what I would guess. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think also when we talk about Girls in Tech, because that's really what it's been for me, just connecting me with amazing women who teach me things every day and inspire me and motivate me. And so because that's what it's been for me, I think that's how I always think of it and how I tend to frame it to other people. Yeah. So you you were doing work um you, you were still working full-time, trying to learn code on your own. Yep. <laughs> uh, can you talk about that process? Because I think that a lot, we have quite a few students that are that get to that point where like you're learning on your own, you're learning on your own, you can't quite like make that last leap into it being the job and it being the career and things like that. Right, um, and honestly, that is what was the determining factor in me for learn um, because I didn't think I could make that transition on my own I didn't feel like I was learning fast enough um, so I wanted a program that you know was a defined period of time we're gonna teach you these things in this time period that was really appealing and also just 
knowing that after the program, people were prepared to get a job. So having a certain expectation of the level of knowledge and that being enough for to make it professional. I'm not explaining this very well. But you're doing good. Um, learning on my own was slow because I always wanted as much context as possible. But then I would get overwhelmed and I'd go off over here and try and learn this and then, well, maybe I need to learn more about this. But I also, I felt like I was going this way instead of learning this way. <laughs> I wasn't getting to that next level that I needed to get to. Um, I had never heard of MVC, um, which model view controller for maybe the less technical folks or the people coming in to learn, you'll learn about that. Um, <laughs> But it was those like core concepts of development that I really needed to get that I wasn't able to find on my own because when you're learning by yourself, you don't know what you don't know. And there's so much information out there. So having a curriculum really helps. Yeah, I think that what we've worked really hard in structuring our curriculum is that guidance and the, I mean, breaking it down to just simply those learning objectives that are like you're moving down this path and having the expertise of the instructors to kind of guide you that yes. way. Mm-hmm. That when you're learning on your own, you're right, you're like in this, the ocean, right, <laughs> of information and not, like you have no idea where to go. Right. And there's so many paths, and especially in, in this industry, that you can get lost very easily. And so having just somebody to help guide you in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Because now what the hope is that once you've gone through the program that you can then better understand that core basics so that you can take deeper dives into these different arenas. Yes, absolutely. Cool. So you, we were, you're working and mentoring um, and then working with Girls in Tech uh, and then uh, I came in and gave you a shot and was <laughs> like, this is really silly. There's no reason why you're not doing this. Um, and you came on to the program. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about like that first day? Yeah, uh, it was exciting and a little scary. Um, I knew, I think knowing you ahead of time helped because I already sort of had a little support network there um, and knew if I panicked, I could run into your office and be like, Chelsea, I can't do it. And you tell me I could and then I'd get my butt back in there. Um, But also I think, so I talked to my coding mentor, Steve, about the possibility and we talked about boot camps a while back and he'd said he'd heard of people going through them and then not being able to get a job and there's kind of some stigma around boot camps sometimes that they're not teaching what you need to learn they're just sort of like diploma mills for online schools like just pumping them out without giving you the information sure so that was really important to me ahead of time when i talked to you to ask like what do we learn how do we learn it and then the internship component was a really big deal too so on the first day i had a lot of thoughts swirling in my head about okay i know that this is a really good program i know i'm going to learn things here but then what if other people view it as less than it is or don't understand, you know, am I, am I even going to make it past the first week? Like what if it, I'm just overwhelmed? What if everyone already knows a lot more than I do? And um, just looking around the room at everybody, a lot of people were younger than me. And that was a little bit intimidating too because I felt like, oh, am I starting this really late in my life? Am I going to be able to catch up? And so it was like I was letting my nerves get the best of me a little bit mm-hmm. at first on that first day. Sure. Um, but the Learn staff is just so wonderfully welcoming and encouraging. And our cohort was really tight yeah. from like day one. Everyone was super friendly. And I think that really helped. How do you work through that? I mean, really the, the negative self-talk. I do that I do that all the time where you know you're in a situation that you're like I can't do this I can't move past this or what if this happens or what if that happens and you just start spiraling into you know a puddle oh yeah I'm big on the spiral (laughs) (laughs) Um, so at learn specifically 
it helped to just kind of take a step back figuratively and literally sometimes, like mm-hmm. just get away from the computer, take a deep breath. And what my partner David would always remind me of is look how far you've come. You've always figured it out before. You've always gotten it. And if I didn't have that, I guess, history of successes to look back on, maybe it would be different. But reminding myself, like, okay, I I did get that down eventually. I did figure it out. Yeah, it took hours and hours, but I did it. And there's one incident, and probably a lot of people have an incident like this that they can go back to. Um, Steve was out of town. We were working on a project, and it was in Shopify in Liquid, which I had hadn't written liquid and it was a small thing that the client needed done but it was something I had never done and I was googling it and trying to look stack overflow I was going crazy I spent three hours it was midnight I was crying I was going nuts and David's like you need to go to bed just walk away I'm like I can't walk away I can't let it go and then in the morning I sat down and in 15 minutes busted it out (laughs) and so I remind myself that it's okay to spiral and get crazy but that mindset is not serving you. You're not gonna figure anything out when you're in that headspace. But when you can figure it out is when you just relax and calm down and trust yourself a little bit. So really logically examining it and knowing that you can get to the other side, you, but there's no way you can get to it here, helps me get force myself out of that mental space and look to the productive future when I'm not having a freak out sure there's a lot of trust yeah I, I and we're going to come back to that idea of trust a little bit later um, so you're in your first day it's a little overwhelming <laughs> but you're the next few weeks what is that what does that start to feel like um, it was really cool to see how far, to look back on how much knowledge you gained just since the first week. Yeah. And to think, when I walked in here, I never could have done this, but now here I am. And it's not nearly as terrifying as I thought. And our cohort just got closer and closer. So working with people and growing with people who are becoming your family was just a really great experience. And knowing that even when you have those struggles, because you know you're going to, and when an instructor would preview a topic like tomorrow we're gonna work on this and you're like oh boy okay but just knowing that you're going into it with friends is really um, made it a lot easier that's great yeah I do think that that is a common theme that we talk about about the connection of cohorts and Mm -hmm. how that support system that you build really does help carry you through the program and after yeah do you, Absolutely. are you, do you still talk with your cohort and anyone there? And Yeah, we still use our Learn Slack to keep in touch. And of course I see folks at events, which is really neat. And um, I, I think a lot of folks right now are just so deeply entrenched in the job search and totally. keeping learning and things like that. So we've gone our separate ways a little bit, but I know that we have each other's backs and if, you know, we sell, we've celebrated together when someone gets a job. And okay. so that's, we do still keep in touch, which is nice. That's awesome. So you, once you went through the, the classroom portion, you then went and um, interned at Zeal. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Sure. Um, it was a little bit tough to go from the classroom where we're just sort of doing things our own way and the important thing is that it works Mm -hmm. and then going into an environment where it doesn't just have to work your code has to look not like a mess you know like (laughs) you can't have spaces all over the place I mean yeah it still runs but it looks messy and you have to test everything I mean we learned about testing and learn and everything but you can cut some corners and get away with things when you're when you feel like you're under a time crunch and you're like, I'll come back to the testing. Um, But in the real world and in our internships, we discover that you can't get away with that anymore. You have to really hone your craft and care about turning out a polished product. And so there were some growing pains initially, but I think it definitely, speaking just for myself, it made me a lot better. And I think that it made my teammates better too. That's great. So 
it, within that, what was it that, I don't know, helped you feel good about going through that process? So just knowing that I was getting to the next step and the next level. So I did think about my learning process a lot as having different leveling up, I guess, video game nerd here. <laughs> um, and so, you know, now I know React. Okay, now I know the back end. That's the next level. And so being in the professional sphere and being able to write code that looks nice and is usable by other people felt like getting to that next level. And so while it was definitely frustrating at times to have a PR denied because of something that seemed trivial, okay, I'm sure it was not actually trivial because this is the professional realm, but um, it was frustrating, but I knew also that it was taking me to the level that I need to be at to be a professional developer and get an actual engineering job and not look a fool. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's such a good example of how in the classroom you're getting these skills. So you like knew the concepts and you knew the basics. And then when you transitioned into your internship, it was really this like leveling up of test of, of did I learn the things that are going to make me successful and how does that help me continue to grow? Right. Exactly. And so the internship kind of pushed you. It was another it was, it was another push. Yes, it absolutely was. And I don't want to make it sound like learn doesn't teach you how to write code correctly and properly and things like that because absolutely you do. But you I everyone says and it's true you what you put in you get out and it's such a short amount of time that you your focus has to you know, you have to focus on some things more than others and for me personally I wanted to make sure I understood how things worked and made sure that they worked. And so the the like form and the elegant quality of the code was lower down on my personal list. So I'm sure some people came out writing gorgeous code and wouldn't have needed that next level of coaching that I did. Sure. But I think that looking at it as a whole with both the classroom experience and the internship experience that you got there in the end. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether it doesn't matter what you learned first and what you learned to second, by the end of the program, you were there. Right. That's true. And so it's that process going through it. So cool. So what would you say? Do you have any, you know, um, advice or tips for anyone going through currently going through or thinking about going through the program? I think my biggest piece of advice would just be to be patient with yourself because there were so many things that I thought I have to get this and I have to know it perfectly before the program ends or I didn't do it right or I failed or I didn't learn it and that's just not the case because you're not going to be perfect at everything that you learn and now I've started going back through the curriculum just for practice and there are so many like click moments that are just like oh that's what they were trying to teach me and it didn't click then but I get it now with just a little more time so don't panic if you feel like you're not getting it and the clock is ticking you'll still get there it's, it's okay <laughs> right it goes back to that idea of trust yes and I, I think that that was something that uh, all of us at learn recognized in you that you were very trusting of the process that we, we would lay something out and Maybe you wouldn't feel it the whole time. Yeah, I'm glad I projected that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And I think that that's, it's hard. It's so hard because you're, you you're jumping off this cliff. You're jumping into this big, scary thing, changing careers, doing lots of different things. And I love what you were just saying about it. it's not all going to just fall into place, right? Like, it's not the kind of learning, and this isn't where, how the program was set up, but like, it's not a this day you learn your ABCs and then <laughs> this day we're going to learn, you know, one, two, three and one plus one equals two. And like, it's not that linear of a right. process. And I think that what you just articulated, that idea that there's a lot of layers and it's going to take time before you understand the whole picture of it. But that 
whether you know it or not, you're absorbing it a little bit at a time as you keep going. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't necessarily have to be a conscious process. And I think when you're constantly examining, okay, how much have I learned? Am I keeping up? Am I ready for the next step? You miss that. And when you come back to it later without even the time pressure, you're just working on a personal project, you realize how much you really did internalize. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and I think, you know, after you left um, the classroom, um, I'll, I'll put it that way because you were, uh, you actually listened to us and took advantage when we said, you guys can come back and hang out here whenever you want. Um, and you did. I moved in. You, you did. Uh, and I think that that was great that people don't always take us up on that. Maybe they will now because they heard that we mean it when we say it. Yes. Um, but but it was so refreshing for us to kind of see and, and continue to check in with you and continue to help, you know, as you just were around and, you know, could take advantage of those things. Um, can you talk a little bit about that time, like right after learn and how are you feeling and starting on that job hunt? Yeah, so it was um, it was kind of sad in the way that it's sad like a couple days after Christmas and the holidays are over and you're like going back to the real world and you're not sure like is this the end or like you know after any graduation I guess like am I gonna see these people again am I gonna continue with this and people would say like oh so how's the job hunt are you you know what are you doing now and because I already had a job and I was still working I didn't feel quite as much pressure to go out and look for something and so it would be kind of hard to respond to those questions and then I'd get well if you weren't going to go out and actually look for a job and keep this going why did you even do this and so I felt a little lost and I think that's why I made my way back into the physical classroom because I needed to keep that actual tangible connection to feel a little more stable in my transition and just working on personal projects and having the teachers there. I didn't want to take away from the next class, but if everyone was working on something, no one needed the teacher, I'd kind of sidle up to Matt and be like, hey, hey buddy, I have a question. (laughs) Can you help me with this thing? And just having everyone's continued support and you know Matt's still answering questions and nothing like you know you're not in class anymore get out (laughs) like that's not how learn is at all we really are a family and that really helped ease the transition out of the program yeah I do think there's something that happens when the class ends uh, that is a bit of a shock I think for students that all of a sudden you're now on your own right like now you're you are now on this you're not actually on your own because <laughs> we're there for you of course but, <laughs> but the like you are now the one making the choices to like what does the job hunt look like what is like what are the things you're going after and things like that so it's it is a bit of a, a shocking shift mm-hmm. right that it that you don't have matt standing up there and saying hey this is what you're gonna do today yeah you lose that built-in structure mm-hmm And so you almost have to create that on your own. And I thought that you did such a great job of recognizing that maybe it wasn't happening and like fixing it by (laughs) by coming in and just like putting yourself physically back into that space. And I think that that, I mean, that's a really helpful tip, I guess, for, for anyone that finds themselves kind of lost after the, the program ends. Yeah and what so tell me a little bit more about like what you you worked with you worked on some personal projects and you could sneak in some time with instructors which is great um what what other kind of support did you see or did you find when you finished so i did want to keep learning because i felt like that was important i didn't want to just sort of like okay have this knowledge that i learned it learn in a neat little package and I didn't want to be content with that, Mm -hmm. but I think I had a hard time figuring out where to go next, how to keep learning. Like I started doing that branch hopping again. I was like, oh, it'd be cool to learn C++ and, you know, and then I kind of snapped back to reality and was like, no, no, keep learning up, keep honing the skills that you have now 
to get to the next level. And of course, you can still learn other languages and stuff on the side. That's fine. But you know, you're not an expert at Ruby <laughs> right now. So right. keep keep getting there. And so I started to, through my personal projects, force myself to say, okay, this feature, I don't know how to add this, how to do this, but that's something I can learn. So start looking at Udemy courses, at YouTube videos, at things to build that. And so that was a helpful realization mm -hmm. and to know I can still, um, still learn with a certain structure, even if I'm not in the program that someone else has structured for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going deeper and not wider. Right. Right, like trying to become the expert um, as much as you can. Yeah. In that. Um, what would you say for your job hunt? Like what were the things that you did that um, you were really proud of? Um, I guess it's a tough question to answer because I didn't, um, like I felt like I was really conservative with my job search and I applied for a lot of like internships, even unpaid, just really low level things because I didn't have a lot of confidence that I could just go in and start developing somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I still went to a lot of events, especially through Girls in Tech and talked to people. And I guess what I'm most proud of is just being able to say to people, I'm looking for a job in development because my previous jobs, you know, I was a project manager, but I could kind of weasel my way onto the development side as like an assistant kind of thing. And it was like, no, I'm actually going to look for a junior role that is actually this and not just that's a side gig, <laughs> basically. Right. Um, so I guess just having the courage to even talk about it with people. Absolutely. I mean, that in itself is, is taking another leap. Mm -hmm. Right, that you were, that you could do the safe thing and like go after the unpaid internships or the like things that are safe. You're like, oh yeah, I could apply for those. I know that I'm qualified. Like I could do that, or I could push myself in this other direction, which I think is is what you did um, by talking to other people and be like, I'm, I am being a little more vulnerable mm -hmm. and going to these events and saying, I'm going to be a junior developer. And that's a really, that's hard. It is, yeah. <laughs> how did that, how, you know, how did that make you feel? There's a little bit of imposter syndrome, like I was pretending to be sure. <laughs> a junior developer. Yeah. Um, I went to a hackathon and I, it was the first one that I've been to as a participant. And so mm -hmm. that was a different experience and they, the company did it as sort of like a hiring open call thing. Yeah. And so... I just remember being there and remember thinking, you know, I have to really showcase my skills and get out of the box and it's not enough to just sit back and kind of watch what other people do. Mm -hmm. I have to make decisions and contribute here. And I treated it like an interview, which I guess in a way it was, um, but that was a tough step to actually have a voice. and feel like not just letting someone else take the lead on things, but to actually feel like an, a contributing equal part of our group with people I did not know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great, I mean, the hackathons are such a good opportunity for students, uh, for alumni getting into the field, getting to know people, understand how working on a team and working with different people, that's a good experience to kind of put yourself out there right and and meet whoever what happened from the hackathon um well nothing came out of it professionally but i felt like it was a confidence booster and mm -hmm. a lot of folks there were from other boot camps so it was interesting to see what they learned and how they learned it sure and one thing that happened was we were we decided to use the mean stack because it's what the other folks were more comfortable with and that's not something I had experience with because our stack is, you know, React and Ruby. Um, and they were, uh, the question came up, can we write 
just like a regular JavaScript function in Express. And I was like, well, it's just a JavaScript framework. So yeah, vanilla JavaScript should still work in that file. And then they were trying to add some kind of a, um, like a Webpack package and the command wasn't working. And they're just like, okay, well, it's not gonna work. And I was like, hang on, let me Google it. Did we install it correctly? Did you run this command? Let's run that command. So um, just realizing that Learn had not only taught me code, coding languages and things like that, but how to find information and apply it, even when you don't know the language or the framework, made me feel a lot more comfortable with my abilities. And the fact that, okay, maybe I don't know a certain amount to be in to be a professional but I can find it and figure it out that's awesome that sounds like uh, a really great thing to come out of <laughs> a hackathon I think it was probably the best part of the hackathon experience was just being a little bit more confident in my abilities all those little wins you need to take in those little wins yeah so what would you tell like a current student, a recent graduate um, on the job hunt? Like what, what's your advice? What to do? Uh, talk to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so he definitely helped a lot. And I would say it probably is a numbers game, but also get out there, meet people, talk to people and get different perspectives because I was talking to one recruiter and saying, you know, well, my coding skills are pretty new, but I also write and I've done it. And he's like, nobody cares, nobody cares. It's like, whew, okay, well, then you're probably not the right recruiter who's going to help me find what I'm looking for. I'm mm -hmm. going to get someone else's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so get a bunch of different perspectives and then whatever makes sense to you personally, go with that because you're going to feel more confident going into interviews and things when it feels good to you. Yeah, that's great. So you're about to start a new job uh, at Soji. Yes. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? The um, process of hiring, interviewing, like what was that like there? Yeah, so they gave me a um, written test first to do on your own and a lot of the questions were read the code and then explain what it's doing and I first looked at it and was like I can't there's no way I can't do this I can't just jump into other code and then I was like okay take a deep breath and uh, my mom has always told me she told me something that's always stuck with me and she's a lawyer and so when she took the bar she said her brain was so fried by the end that when she was reading questions, she'd have to be like, noun, adjective, just to figure out what was happening. And she passed on the first try, which I think there was only like a 12% pass rate or something when she did it on the first try. So that was crazy. And I thought, okay, that is gonna work for me. So in code, I was like, okay, that's a variable. That's a function declaration. <laughs> and once I got those little pieces, I was like, okay, I know where I am. I'm good. It's like finding, you know, you're mapping your way through an unfamiliar city, but you know, okay, the Starbucks is here, so <laughs> I go this way. And it wasn't so bad after that. And I did go to learn and I asked one of the teachers, can you just make sure I didn't say anything incredibly stupid? Don't give me any answers, don't give me any help. But just if you see something and you're like, you know better than this, just tell me there's something you know better than this in this question. Um, and fortunately there was Not me. nothing. Um, and there was also PHP on the, the what we call it an exam. <laughs> um, and not having had any experience in PHP, I was a bit concerned, but then I realized, um, you know, it's once you've seen one coding language, the others, tend to be pretty similar in terms of setup. So I had enough to know, okay, this is a function, this is a variable, and work from there. Okay, go back to those basics. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, great, so you're, you're about to start, uh, you're gonna jump in. Uh, is there anything that you wanna share about something that you're excited about, Soshi, or, or starting this new path? 
I'm really excited about the mentorship because they talk about that a lot there that you learn and then you teach. And so I love that, you know, it all comes full circle, the opportunity to then go back and help others and pull others up with me because that's a big thing of girls in tech. You know, when you're, as you grow, you can pull other women up and elevate them as well. So I like that. So she's really big on that and has a culture of really being supportive and encouraging to each other. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me (laughs) and sharing more about your story. And I I know you gave a little plug uh, earlier, but uh, (laughs) where can people find you and, and learn more about your journey? and read your beautiful words. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, My blog is codecopycoffee.com and that's also my Twitter and my Instagram. So you can find me at codecopycoffee and I hope you'll come along, stick with me and share your journey with me too because I always love connecting with people. That's awesome. We've talked about. Right. (laughs) It's one of your core values. Yeah. Hold on to it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, You can check out Learn Academy at learnacademy.org. You can find us on all of the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, all the things. Um, And if you want to listen to more podcast episodes, you can check us out at collaborationcode.com. So thanks for hanging out.